Hey there, Spartan fans. Brandon Champion here. Just want to let you know that we got about all the way through recording today's episode when the breaking news hit that Michigan State's game against Maryland was canceled. Um, So you'll hear that come up toward the end of the podcast, but we get into a lot of stuff. But just ignore the Maryland preview part. Obviously, we had no idea that was going to happen. And uh, enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Early National Signing Day is in the books. 16 young men from across the country are the newest members of the Michigan State football team. It's Mel Tucker's first class as the head man in East Lansing. The future, always an exciting topic for fans and the program. We'll break down all the player movement at Michigan State on episode 14 of M Live Spartan Confidential Podcast. It is Thursday, December 17th, 2020. Happy holidays, everyone. Uh, Brandon Champion here with Matt Wenzel. Uh, Matt, busy day for you yesterday. Uh, I know from covering it in college that National Signing Day can be a bit of a whirlwind. Uh, how are you feeling? Uh, I've been better. <laughs> no, uh, sign, signing day is, uh, I mean, it's fun for the coaches and the fans and stuff like that. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a blast to cover, uh, let's put it that way. I was, I was glued to my computer from 6.30 in the morning until – two two something in the morning so um yeah didn't help that i lost uh wi-fi uh, at about 11 something last night and couldn't do anything for a bit but um and my hotspot wouldn't work so uh fun day how many stories did you file yesterday uh nine or ten Sheesh. I remember <laughs> i mean obviously i mean you had the site you know it's a game week yeah it's signing day and michigan state had additional new and then, you know, just throw in all Big Ten defensive honors just for the hell of it and just put that in the mix. So, yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. get to some of that additional news here in a bit. Uh, coming up on today's football-heavy show, Matt and I will be breaking down Michigan State's recruiting class. Uh, we'll also discuss some notable verbal commits who have yet to sign but could still do so um, in the, on the normal signing day in February. Um, we also got some big transfer news, Matt, uh, for Michigan State, and a pair of impact players also declared for the 2021 NFL Draft. Oh, by the way, there is also a football game this weekend as the Spartans travel to Maryland, and Michigan State is, of course, coming off a tough loss to Penn State, so we'll briefly discuss that if we have time as well. If you could please like, rate, and review uh, this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts be really helpful. Tell a fellow Spartan about it. Uh, just give us a quick rating and a review. It, it really helps us reach other Spartans and other places. A lot of Michigan State podcasts out there these days, and we want to connect with you in every way we can. Obviously, lots of content on MLive.com. As Matt just said, uh, he filed about half the stories that were filed on MLive yesterday by himself. So <laughs> uh, lots of stuff going on. But Matt, let's get to it. As I said, lots to get to. Um, 16 players signed yesterday for Michigan State. Um, 247 has the class ranked 33rd nationally and ninth in the Big Ten. Rivals a little bit higher up at 23, so a little bit of a discrepancy there. But what were some of your general takeaways from Mel Tucker's first signing day? Um, well, you know, they got most of the guys in the class. And I think that, you know, 16, they went into yesterday with 18 players committed um, they signed 15 of those and then obviously uh, added the biggest addition in the class so far. And let's see if I can do this right. Ma'a Nada Teote. So I probably still screwed that up, even though I looked up the, the, 
pronunciation of his name for his brother who plays at USC. But um, he was so I got from Jeff, the the chief of staff. He on Twitter said Mawa Nauteote. He said soft G. So we're gonna gonna have to figure this out. I, I just know what I what I looked up on USC's media guide for his brother. I would assume it's pronounced the same way. But either way, no matter what it said, I'd probably mess it up. So we'll just say uh, you we'll know, work on that. The the very good linebacker Michigan State just signed. So he was a guy who's committed to USC since February of 2018. Um, but it was a you know this was a rumored uh, flip that you know people had heard about for a little while, and you know it came true. Um, so yeah, you know, his brother is, you know, was a five-star linebacker, but he's in the transfer portal now. So maybe that's a package deal. Cause you know, Mel's obviously, Mel Tucker has been very adamant about looking at the portal for pl- portal for players and uh, Michigan State just happens to be pretty thin at linebacker with Antoine Simmons. Uh, you got to figure this is his last season. He won't come back for a fifth year, although he hasn't announced that yet. And, you know, you get Noah Harvey and then Chase Klein and they've really only used three linebackers all year. But mm-hmm. so if you can bring in, uh, you know, a high four-star recruit um, and maybe bringing his brother as a package deal. Um, hey, worst things could happen. Yeah, I mean, he's he's from Bishop Gorman, obviously a, a, a you know, very well-known powerhouse football program from Vegas. I mean, other notable guys that signed yesterday, at least according to 247 Sports, Charles Brantley from Venice, the cornerback from Florida. He's ranked as a three-star, 87. A.J. Kirk, uh, the the safety from Ohio. And, um, you know, Ethan Boyd uh, from, from East Lansing, the lineman. Um, I mean, we expected most of these guys to sign, right? This was, we didn't really – really uh, the kid from who was going to USC is really the only surprise of yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, these – it basically went down as expected. You know, these early signing days have, have really – this is the fourth year of it, and, it, and they've really been pretty um, – mundane for Michigan State you know you know looking back I think trying to remember the numbers but I think over the first three signing days they had 59 players committed and 56 of them signed on the on the first day of the early signing period under D'Antonio and there really wasn't much action other than a couple years ago they they had a kid flip to Rutgers they they flipped a kid from they flipped Maverick Hansen from Central and then um, they had a player who didn't sign that day who ended up not signing and going to prep school and going elsewhere. So, but other than that, I mean, it's been a pretty uneventful type of deal. Um, and it was kind of, it was pretty much like that yesterday for the most part, you know, they, you know, you obviously had the linebacker um, and then, you know, what, what stands out most um, after that is, is the guys who didn't sign. And that's sure. going to be, that's going to linger. Uh, well, you know, the, the early period go, uh, goes through tomorrow. Um, and then after that, if, you know, if they don't sign by tomorrow, um, you, you go into February in the traditional period. So Michigan State's going to have its work cut out for uh, Mel Tucker. Um, I mean, the three guys who didn't sign who were committed were heading in yesterday, the highest three prospects they had committed. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, people so. are going to want to talk about the the guys that didn't commit. And of course, that's uh, Rayshon Benny, the four-star defensive tackle from Oak Park. Audric Estin, who is the running back from New Jersey, who's flying up boards and recently got a Notre Dame offer. And Gino Vandemark, uh, uh, Audric's teammate, he's an offensive guard um, from New Jersey. I mean, those are three. I think, I think Gino's a four-star on Rivals, and then the other two are four-stars in both places. I mean, I know you don't have any sort of inside information on what these guys are going to do, but, I mean, do you have any thoughts on, on why they haven't signed or how this is going to play out? Um, you know, they – um, the New Jersey guys, Audric and Gino, they visited campus together back in, I believe it was July. I mean, obviously the, the recruiting dead period 
um, still going on, but you can't keep kids from getting in a car and driving and looking at a campus. <laughs> you can just prevent them from meeting with coaches in person or having that visit paid for. So uh, either way, that trip showed what their interest in Michigan State, and they, you know, both committed not too long after. Gino was first. Um, but, you know, I, you know, it's, it's hard to say. With, with Audric, he had such a big senior year, um, and Notre Dame offer obviously changes things. Um, you know, obviously a very good program, chance to get a very good education. Um, and quite frankly, look at where, look at where Michigan State's running game has been for recent years. I, I mean, it's, it hasn't been in very good. So, I mean, I don't know if that's a huge factor for, for, for him, but um, it stands out to me. Um, Benny, Benny said he wasn't going to sign. Um, so we knew going into yesterday that wasn't going to happen. Um, and then with Gino, I, I, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, that's, I've, I've read conflicting things about whether he'll sign or not. I haven't been able to get a hold of him. Same with Audric. I've read that oh, he's not going to sign the period or he might sign the yada, yada. And again, another guy who hasn't gotten back to me, but um, so I don't know. Uh, I really don't with, with those three guys. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if you get through this week with, you know, through tomorrow without any of them signing uh, you've got almost two months to, uh, to get to work and try and uh, firm it up with, with all three of those guys, but they're obviously three key uh, recruits for this class. Michigan State did get one other running back recruit, Davion Prim from Oak Park, who is Benny's teammate. And I saw he tweeted something out, and and I saw Rayshon Benny, as as recruits like to do this time of year, put out like some cryptic tweet, like "Yo, Spartan Nation, what's up?" And then I saw uh, one of the I think the two four seven guys got a hold of Audrick Estim, and he said publicly, he's still committed to Michigan State. He still likes what he's t- hearing from him. So. I think the initial reaction from a lot of Spartan fans when they see Notre Dame come calling is, and then you see these stories, you know, like that Notre Dame was the offer he's waiting for. I think a lot of state fans have already, you know, are so inclined to just think that he's gone right off the bat. Maybe it's a coping mechanism where they're trying to prepare themselves for the inevitable. But as of right now, all three of those guys are, are still recruited or still committed. And, I mean, if you add those three guys to this class that Mel Tucker's brought in, considering they haven't had any face-to-face visits, the team's two and five on the field, there's been a dead period, they haven't even been able to visit. I mean, you have to say that Mel Tucker's done an admirable job under the circumstances. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a solid class, um, you know, as it stands with the guys signed and the guys still committed, like you said, 33rd in the nation. That's, you know, that's pretty much where, where D'Antonio's class is typically averaged, if I remember right, uh, going back and looking, but... Um, so, you know, yeah, I mean, I, and, you know, with, with all the challenges, I mean, and go on and on for 20 minutes about how ridiculous this recruiting cycle has been for everybody. Um, and then, you know, obviously it's more complicated by, for Michigan state because of the late coaching change in February and the fact that you're trying to reestablish or establish in the first place relationships with these groups and you can never even meet them. So I think, I think he did a solid job. Uh, got to finish it out with the guys that he's, he's got. Um, and this kind of sets the, uh, is like the baseline for, for them moving forward. You know, the, the recruiting period will, that period will end at some point. Um, they will be, coaches allowed to, be, to go back on the road. They'll allow to, be allowed to bring recruits to campus. And at that point, they're going to, you know, uh, fans will expect to see, uh, you know, the recruiting uh, be even better. And I'm sure that uh, same sentiment exists uh, on his male staff. Well, I, I mean, obviously recruiting high school kids isn't the only way to bring in players these days. The transfer portal is a massive thing. And in addition to all the recruiting news, we got news on the transfer portal front uh, yesterday when um, Anthony Russo, former Temple quarterback, uh, committed to Michigan State as a graduate transfer. 
I mean, this is a guy who's played in 27 games. He's thrown for more than 6,000 yards, 44 touchdowns, 32 interceptions. He's completed nearly 60% of his passes. So a veteran guy coming in here to compete with the younger quarterbacks on the team. Uh, what do you think of this news? I knew this was something that, you know, uh, Spartan Twitter had talked about him being a, a possible target. I think it's ironic because I brought up people going to Temple over Michigan State about Gruff's party last week. But uh, um, what did you think of this? Uh, not, not a big surprise at all. Um, I don't think there's a position that they would that if they, I don't think there's a position they would bring someone in in it through the transfer portal that would really be a surprise at all, especially quarterback given you know the uncertainty they have with Rocky, you know, starting six games this year with you know obviously uneven results. You got Peyton Thorne now taking over, but what's next year look like? Uh, I don't know. So you bring in a veteran guy, and to me, it sets it up to be uh, Russo competing against Thorne slash Lombardi uh, next year, and also it's you know as, as a one year stopgap. Maybe you get Russo's job. Maybe he doesn't win it at all, and maybe it's one of the guys on the roster who wins it. Maybe Hamp Faye comes in as a true freshman oh, wins God. it. Maybe who knows? <laughs> I mean, I just. I think it's a smart move on their part to bring in a, an experienced guy, um, increases the competition, and, and, and you know, that might uh, lead to some attrition within the quarterback room. I, I think he's the favorite and the leader in the clubhouse to start. I mean, maybe you bring in a, a two-year starter who played in three seasons to, to not play him. I mean, obviously, he's going to have to prove it. Mel Tucker's not going to give the job to anyone. But uh, if I was a betting man, which I might be from time to time, uh Anthony Russo would be the star would be the leader in the clubhouse in my book but hey we got one more game here for Peyton Thorne to prove himself uh theoretically we'll have spring ball this year um so that's obviously going to be big and then um camp next year so a lot to be decided before then but I know Michigan State fans were happy to see at least uh someone new come in and and I think even more like on a on a wider scale is Mel Tucker continues to bring up the transfer portal according to you unsolicited at times and mm -hmm. uh, I mean sh should Michigan State fans be ready to see guys coming in and out in the transfer portal because it seems like that's what Mel's been hinting at and he seems to have more of a willingness to dip his toe in those waters than D'Antonio did I mean I know D'Antonio got some guys like you know Fu Finotti and I forgot Keith Nickel was a transfer um but Jaden like, Reed oh yeah Jaden Reed too yeah but it seems like Mel's gonna really attack the portal yeah, I mean, he's made that extremely clear. At every possible turn, he is pretty much bringing up the portal and saying what they're going to, how they're going to, how they, that is a daily search for them. Every single day they're in there looking for, for guys. So, um, you know, that tells you, quite frankly, it tells you he thinks that they, they need a talent upgrade on the roster. Um, and, and that's a very honest, you know, assessment of the team. And, you know, that'll tell the guys out there that, you got to step it up. So I'm um, not a surprise. And I think you will see, um, you'll see a lot of movement both ways from Michigan state. You've already seen guys leave to go into the portal. Uh, most notably Julian Barnett. Mm -hmm. um, and you're going to see, you're going to see more of them. I'm sure of that. Um, I think it was remarkable. They didn't have anybody enter the portal between when Mel took over and in this fall uh, into the season. Um, and, you know, you're going to see them picking up guys, you know, the Russo news yesterday, uh, could have happened on a day other than signing day. That would have been fine with me. Um, but, you know, you're, I think you'll definitely see see some guys. I wouldn't shock or be surprised to see them bring in – oh, geez, I could go up and down the roster at different positions. But, yeah, you'll, you'll see them bring in, uh, bring in a, a multiple guys through the portal. Uh, and Mel's made that very clear. 
You mentioned Julian Barnett. He was a, you know, a top 60 kid, four-star recruit uh, from Belleville. Uh, the, pretty much the crown jewel along with Devonte Dobbs of the 2019 class. He announced he's going to enter the portal. He was a guy who show, I thought flashed as a receiver uh, his freshman season. They tried to switch him to defense, and that obviously didn't go very well. He couldn't even get on the field. He was someone we talked about early in the season. You know, where's Julian Barnett? Why is he only playing on special teams? What's going on here? And I, I think speaking from a fan standpoint, uh, Michigan State fans are a little disappointed we couldn't find a way to get this kid on the field. I mean, what, what's your sort of view from it? Uh, you know, I, I think it's it's a very talented and athletic kid who whose future will be it will be somewhere else, by, barring a change of mind. And, and you know, yeah, I'm, I'm I am surprised it, it would turned out this way. You know, he was a guy that you know, I watched in high school a little bit, um, talked to him in high school. His high school coached. I remember him telling me he thought his future would be as a linebacker. That uh, tells you anything about his athleticism. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he got on the field last year, he, you know, he started fall camp last year at, at receiver out of need because they were a little shorthanded at the position. And then you get lose even more guys with, with, uh, Jalen Naylor went down early. Um, Daryl Stewart gets hurt. Um, there were other guys that get injured. So yeah, I mean, he, he kind of got forced into receiver, but he's athletic enough. He played it in high school, um, that he could step in and, and contribute nothing really flashy, but he's obviously talented. And then. You know, they move him back to corner in the off in, in the off season, and it just didn't work out enough. I mean, you know, we, we've talked to. It's been a while since we talked to Harlan Barnett. I think it was back in the spring, maybe. Um, could be wrong about that. Um, maybe it was his fault. Uh, maybe it was uh, Scotty Hazelton. I don't know. Either way, guys, the coaches have said, you know, it takes time. You know, he takes a lot of reps, and you know, without spring practice to get those in, um, without a normal fall camp, you know, he's still learning. He's still growing. You know, he started at nickel in the at Iowa, if I remember right, and then he, you know, then but he did not play heavily in that game. Um, so yeah, I mean, it just it tells you he was behind other guys on the team. You've seen Angelo Gross start the last uh, three or four games now, at four games I believe at nickel as a true freshman. So I mean, that tells you something. If he's not starting at corner and there's other guys over there, and he's not starting at nickel and there's a true freshman ahead of him. I mean, it just tells you the, the staff thinks there are people who are better, better than him at that, at this point in time. And, and he is uh, not happy with that uh, position. Yeah. I mean, coaching staffs don't care how many stars you had coming out of high school. I mean, if you no. if you're performing better in practice, if you, if other guys are performing better then you're going to play. Um, and then it, people are like, we'll move him back to receiver. I mean, Michigan state's loaded at receiver. They yeah, have guys. I, yeah. You that's, know? I, I mean, do I think he could contribute at receiver? Sure. But I mean, I think at this point in time, you're not, you wouldn't flip, you wouldn't flip him back around. Cause yeah, you're, then you're just, you're doing you're a disservice to yeah. him by, by keeping him going back and forth. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's good for, for anybody, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the two highest rated kids in that class, one's in the portal and the other one we haven't even seen in uniform this year. So um, I don't know. Surprising. Yeah. Well, obviously, we wish the best for Julian Barnett. I mean, it would have been nice to see him uh, in a Michigan State uniform and, and do some things because he, he's clearly a talented kid, in-state kid, um, but we obviously wish him the best. Um, two other notable departures this week as well. They aren't in the transfer portal, but they're heading to the NFL. Uh, two of the more experienced players on Michigan State's defense, uh, Shakur Brown in the secondary, Naquan Jones on the defensive line, both declaring for the NFL draft this week. Um, neither will play against Maryland in the season finale. Um, Shakur Brown, I mean, th th it's not all that surprising. I mean, the kid 
quite literally played himself into uh, leaving for the NFL draft, in my opinion, this year. First round uh, or first team Big Ten honors, uh, five interceptions this year. Uh, Naquan, you know, I don't watch the interior line as closely as you do, so maybe you can enlighten me on what his season's been like, but uh, what's your reaction to, to these guys leaving? Um, not zero surprise on either, um, but first of all, I, it, it's not for sure that neither of them are playing at Maryland. I would be very okay. surprised if either of them I played did, at sorry, Maryland. Sorry, I made obviously. an assumption. <laughs> no, that's – I mean, it's a, it's a fair assumption to make because if you're going to say I'm – I, I'm going to be in the 2021 NFL draft. Why are you playing at a in a game that means nothing at Maryland? Now the some people will well you, you stay at Kyle there for your teammates and all that. Yeah, I get it, and some guys would make that decision. Same time you're risking injury in your future, so I would not anticipate I anticipate either of them playing. And I would, but Mel did not give a definitive answer on that Tuesday, uh, and and when asked if there were others, because he was initially just asked about Shakur because he was the only one who declared, he had said. He was having discussions with other players about possibly sitting it out, but no news yet. So um, maybe neither of them play and maybe there are more absences for Michigan state. Um, but yeah, I mean, back to the original point, not a surprise. Shakur had a good year. Um, you know, he's got the opportunity to go. If he thinks his draft stock is, is high right now and good enough, then, then by all means go. And then with Naquan, I mean, he's a fifth year guy. I mean, he's, you know, was a primary bat, you know, a, a well-used backup for three years behind a pair of starters. And then, you know, now kind of taking over a little bit bigger role this year. I think he's had a decent season, nothing like eye popping or anything, but he's a big guy with quick feet and, and, you know, having that many college snaps under your belt, even with the NCAA giving everybody all the fall sports athletes, another year of eligibility. I, I don't know that it would make a great deal of sense for him to come back. So no surprise there. And, and I'm sure you will see other um, seniors either opt to, pursue an NFL career like I mean I'm just speculating here but a guy like Antoine Simmons why would you come back for another year with all those snaps under your belt a guy who also had a fractured vertebrae his freshman year Um, you you would just assume he would just you know go and make a run at the NFL and and there are probably other guys that choose not to come back and there will be seniors who have the opportunity to come back and they won't be able to because the coaches don't have to bring guys back I mean just because you have an extra year doesn't mean you, you're guaranteed it. Mm-hmm. Especially if Mel is as active in the transfer portal as he keeps hinting. Um, exactly. You're just going to be adding more guys to the roster. What does Michigan State have, like an 80 or like – they have a super long draft streak of having a guy drafted, right? Like it's – It's 80 straight years if my memory, memory serves me right, and that would be the third longest streak in the nation behind – I think it's Michigan and USC at 82 years each. I have to update this every year and my brain is not. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it's always fresh in my memory in, uh, in April, uh, December, not so much. I mean, that, that's an impressive, that's impressive. I mean, yeah, you I, know, it, that's when you show kids that you're consistently putting kids in the NFL out of your program. I mean, that's a big draw. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and I mean, I, I remember going back and pouring over the, the whole long streak and how many times it came real close to being snapped where you get a guy in the sixth or seventh round or whatever it was. Uh, memory does not serve me well on trying to recall those specific dates. Most recently, uh, the 18 draft, Brian Allen uh, was the, was the only selection. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, that I would, I would think it's extended this year. I think Shakur is a guy that enough NFL teams like um, that, that he's drafted. We'll see, you know, times he runs and stuff like that, but you know, I think, I think he can, he can definitely play uh, in the next level and some team will give him a shot and there might be 
might be others that get drafted, but yeah, I would expect that streak to uh, be extended. Anything else you want to touch on on the early recruiting period uh, or the early signing day? I mean, obviously we're going to have to track those three guys. Everyone's going to be talking about them. No, I mean, we touched on, I mean, the, the defensive backs really stood out with, you know, the taken five guys. And I thought it was really interesting when Mel was talking about his press conference, he's, you know, mentioned other times that the, you know, how they have a specific frame they're looking for size and everything. And he, and during the presser, he just, he started, he was listing off the average height and weight for each position, which I found, you know, that was pretty interesting. Um, uh, Kyle actually wrote about that uh, for today. Kyle Austin, our basketball guy and uh, football writer as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's a solid class. Um, got some big defensive linemen in there too. Um, yeah. We'll see how they finish it out. He loves big guys. I mean, a lot, if you're not 300 pounds and 6'6 on the line, he's not even looking at you. Yeah, yeah. The size is obviously a big factor. And Mel talked about fit score. And I thought it was interesting how he said they're taking an NFL style approach to recruiting. Uh, he compared uh, signing day to the draft and the portal to uh, free agency. So uh, interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting approach. And he appeared on Big Ten Network in the swaggiest green suit I've ever seen. This man, his swag factor off the charts. Fantastic to be, honest, to be honest, I went over and watched the TV. I could not have told you what he – I mean, I knew he was wearing a suit of some – but I did not – You got to start paying that. attention to what Mel Tucker's wearing, Matt. This guy I mean, when is he's, fly. When he's on a Zoom call screen right in front of my face, you know. I noticed when he's wearing a suit, which he was yesterday because he doesn't usually do that, obviously, when talking to us. That would be a, a waste of material on, on a bunch of people like us. But A uh, wasted look, yes. Yeah, so, uh, no, I – not much of a not much of a uh, fashion guy. So. We'll wait for the trending story ranking Mel Tucker's uh, Mel Tucker's outfits down there the road. Go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, let's shift gears to on-field stuff. There, I mean, the season's winding down. Not a lot on the line for Michigan State from an on-field standpoint, other than player evaluation. And I'm sure Mel Tucker would never say that nothing's on the line. Um, but yeah, quickly, the Penn State game. We saw Peyton Thorne get his first start. Um, I thought performed well I mean extremely well in the first half I mean three touchdowns over 200 yards was running the ball making quick decisions I mean Michigan State Twitter was a buzz in that first half against Penn State uh, as Michigan State jumped out to the lead and uh, we're like we got a quarterback we finally got a quarterback of course uh, things faltered in the second half Michigan State ends up losing 39-24 I saw Mel say he was happy with the complimentary football in the first half and the way they played, but then just couldn't sustain it. Um, I mean, what stood out to you against Penn State? Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's that, that second quarter offensively, you know, because the, the offense didn't get off to a great start. Thorne threw a pick on his first pass attempt. Although he got the ball back on that one. Um, <laughs> Delay of game on the first on the first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was more sloppiness early and then – they just, you know, they, they found a rhythm in the second quarter. Um, Jordan Simmons back in the lineup was running the ball as, as good as he has all season. Well, I mean, for a true freshman, I guess, as good as he has in his career. Um, and then, you know, Thorne hits Jalen Naylor for that touchdown, um, gets it rolling, and then uh, then he hits uh, Trayvon Morgan, makes a, an incredible first career reception for a touchdown. Uh, helps when uh, you're 7-6. <laughs> six seven <laughs> um and then uh then Jalen Naylor uh, again with the, you know that three straight touchdown drives was the first time Michigan State had done that since uh the Western game last year um 
So, yeah, I mean, look good for, for, for a quarter. Uh, you know, you the 21-10 lead at the half, and then Penn State just dominates the second half. So, uh, they, they, you know, the quarterbacks picked up yards when they needed them. Um, they threw the ball pretty easily in the second half, and, and Michigan State uh, managed a, a field goal. So, um, yeah, I, it was it was – you know, a good second quarter and the rest of the game, not so great, um, especially the uh, the last two, 30 minutes. Defense was rough in that second yeah. half. I mean, there. how many times was Javon, John Dotson and, and uh, the freshman Washington, I mean, how many times were they running wide open in the secondary? I mean, Michigan State's got young guys back there, I guess. But uh, this is the second – I think wasn't there – wasn't Trey Person the only one on the screen chasing down a receiver for the second time in the, in the week, yeah. in two weeks? Yeah. Well, there's a blown – I think that if you're referring to the – they faked that wide receiver screen and Angelo Gross, um, he bit on the fake and bam, it's, it's gone. Yeah. So, um, yeah, not a, not a very good performance uh, defensively in the second half. Um, so, uh, plenty to clean up there and <laughs> in, in a blockbuster uh, Champions Week matchup. One of the things that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of the things, I'm just curious on your opinion – Penn State ran that we, that fake punt, like the weird formation when they were trying to <laughs> cause Michigan State to go off sides. Did their entire line did not move? Did they they it like moved and drew Michigan State offside? That how was that not a false start? I would have to dig into the the fine details of the rule book to figure out how that wasn't a false start. That was uh, <laughs> was interesting. But if you're gonna pull that, I assume that's a deal where you go where where James Franklin is going up to the ref before the game or at some point during the game. And saying, "Hey, be aware of this. This is what the rule book says. You know, this is what we might do this. Because otherwise, I don't know how you wouldn't. You know, I, I don't. The I only get, thing I, I don't can, get how that. Yeah, I don't. The only thing I can think of is that they hadn't started the cadence, so they weren't set. So they're all just moving around. But it did not look like a legal play. Let's just say uh, that it, it looked very goofy. Yeah, I will agree. <laughs> I can't even blame Michigan state for jumping off sides on that one, even though that pretty much sealed the deal on a game. If it wasn't already sealed before that yeah. anyways, Michigan state loses the land grant trophy. So Kyle will be disappointed now that he can't go in the football building and <laughs> see that beautiful trophy sitting there. He'll have to wait for another year. And that trophy case is getting a little, uh, little bare. We, we lost the megaphone. They lost the, the old brass platoon. They've now lost the land grant trophy. They also lost. Pa- oh wait, they didn't lose Paul Bunyan, did they? He's still there. Yeah. So at least we have I, that. I think every Michigan State fan would trade the rest of those trophies in the case to for for Paul Bunyan every year. I Absolutely goes without, goes without saying. Yeah, this season can't be a failure because Michigan State beat Michigan. I mean, that's the silver lining. So, um, yeah, that's Penn State. So l- let's just jump into Maryland real quick. We have no idea who's going to play in this game. There could be as a lot of guys out for all we know. Mel Tucker has not been very forthcoming with who's in, who's out. Most college coaches aren't these days. I mean, it's no, it's, he doesn't do him any good to, to forecast who's playing and who's not. How, how do you feel about that as, I mean, obviously the NFL has depth has injury reports. This isn't the NFL, but as someone who tends to dabble in DFS or, or fantasy, it, it's extremely annoying when you put a guy in a lineup and then the game kicks off and then they're not playing. They come out and say oh. it's not playing. Do you think there needs to be any sort of injury report or at least one at the end of the week in college football? Uh, I mean, that got floated, where, was that, two years ago, I think, when we were at Big Ten Media Days, three years ago. That was like a hot topic, and it, you know, an injury report or, or whatever you wanted to call it. 
Um, and at least an was, unavailable it, list. Yeah, it just, it just it didn't go anywhere. And what, why would the coaches support that? Yeah. It does them no good to be able – I mean, now you get some, some programs, Ohio State, for example, they release a, a weekly status report. Guys in, guys out. Um, hasn't hurt them too much, has it? Uh, but, you know, I don't I, – I can see why coaches aren't in favor of it because, you know, coaches are pretty paranoid by nature. Um, and it does, it does them no advantage to tell the public, the opponent, who's playing and who's not. I mean – Gamblers want to know. Fans want to know. They don't want to give up the information. I don't blame them. I would obviously love to know and make my job uh, easier. Uh, but then, you know, every single game with the binoculars and, and the roster and the pen, searching the field for 30 minutes, you know, 20, 30 minutes before the game, checking off every name, figuring out who's out there, who's not. Um, yeah. That part isn't fun. Trying to see who's on the sidelines between winter oh, gear and masks. That is absolutely a thing. Um, <laughs> it didn't used to be. Um, Mark, D'Antonio, actually, we used to get a uh, dress list. Um, it, got, it, it was getting, getting released closer and closer to game time uh, last season. Um, but we had a dress list. So you had guys that were in and out. You got the list provided to you. I mean, granted, you were already looking on the field. If you knew a certain guy was, was questionable – and they're out for warm-ups and you don't see them, well, there you go. Um, but now it's back to the full-on crossing off every name on the list, and quite frankly, that sucks. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, so Michigan State is 2-5. and five. They're going to play Maryland, um, who is 2-4, I think. This is a two game. 2-3. and, three. Two and two, three. A whopping 2-3 and three going into the last game. Yeah, I just assume every team in the Big Ten has two wins. Um, but uh, – <laughs> um, this is game is on the road. It's obviously a rescheduled game that was going to happen before um, and, and got canceled because of COVID issues in Maryland. It's a night game on the Big Ten Network. Like we said, not a lot at stake, but uh, what are you looking for, for here other than the rumored uh, state script helmets that were supposedly <laughs> available for the last game? Yeah, I would, I would I'd imagine they'll bring those out uh, if they were going to talk about that last game. Mel was a little noncommittal uh, yesterday when asked about it because um, that's <laughs> definitely the kind of thing he should be asked about on a call about recruiting. Um, anyways, the recruits uh, care, Matt. I'm maybe, no, I'm sorry. No, my bad. That was Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday's <laughs> call. So that's my fault. Um, still, I don't really care. I know fans do. But, um, you know, I mean, if, if you're Michigan State, you're looking, you know, like Mel says, you know, we need to play every week. We need to, you know, we need to get these guys developed. We need to, you know, continue growing. So uh, what, what's Peyton Thorne going to do with this second start? Um, this is obviously after who's playing and who's not for Michigan State. Um, you're looking for Thorne. I'd like, you know, I'll, I'll be interested to see um, what Jordan Simmons does after having, you know, his best game of um, last week. Um, and, you know, it, can they get a win? <laughs> you know, it's – you know, a three and five in this kind of crazy season, that's not a bad year for them. Uh, I mean, if you, I, I know, I know fans aren't going to, wouldn't be thrilled with it, but if you can, if you finish three and five with, with all the complications of this season, I, I think that's a, that's a decent start for them. Um, and I don't think it'll happen, but you know, the NCAA waived all the bowl eligibility. So uh -huh. although I don't think Michigan State gets in a bowl game and there have already been big bowl games canceled, including one involving Big Ten teams, Big Ten tie-ins, I should say, you never know. Maybe, you know, maybe other other teams that would go ahead of them um, opt not to play in bowl games. We're seeing that be a thing uh, in this, it, it, this, this year. Um, Mel had said if he would love to play if given an invitation. So who knows? Maybe three and five gets them into a, uh, an interesting bowl game. But uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, I – 
you know, there's, there's uncertainty from Maryland to a quarterback and, and at other spots in it, but this is not a matchup that uh, is really fitting of the uh, seven thirty time slot. Let's put yeah. it that way. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not like it's an ABC time slot though. It is on BTN, but uh, I mean, I'll be curious to see what, uh, who, if Shakur Brown and Naquan Jones don't play, I'll be curious to see who slides in in their spots. I mean, cause then yep. maybe that'll give us an idea of like where the pecking order is. T tackle. They're strong there. I mean, uh, you've had a good four man, really five man rotation when you when you get when you get uh, Naquan and Jacob Slade, and beyond that you had Deshaun Mallory and Jalen Hunt. Jalen Hunt got hurt. Uh, the oh geez, Northwestern game, I believe. So he's been out two weeks in a row. Um, he was seen with a walking boot after he got hurt. So I don't imagine he's back um, for the season finale, but that's just a guess. Um, but after you know, if, if Naquan is out, you know you've still got three established guys. Even if Naquan and Jalen are out, you still got three established guys. Uh, Deshaun Mallard, Jacob Slade, uh, Maverick Hansen has been playing a little more and more. Um, and that, who that fourth guy will be, that'll be interesting because I don't think they've gone any deeper than that. Um, my memory serves me right. And then with, with Shakur out, if he is out, which I assume would be the case, yeah. I mean, what do you do? Because he's, you know, he started the first two games at nickel before moving over to corner. Um, and if he's out and you need to find who, who do you think your best corner is, which at this point in time you think is probably Kalen Gerving. Um, and then you have Chris Jackson, who was a starter the first couple of games this year. He is not even with the team anymore. Uh, he missed a few games apparently due to injury, came back, and he's missed a couple more. And Mel on, on Tuesday said he's not with the team and we'll see about his future later. So uh, between, no, between no Jackson, um, no Julian Barnett in the portal, maybe no Shakur Brown, uh, yeah, you're – you're going to get a little interesting at corner. So we'll, we'll see uh, what they can march out there. Yeah. I saw fans suggesting uh, maybe Mel Tucker or Mark D'Antonio could suit up. Uh, uh, I don't <laughs> think either of them would be willing, would be uh, too eager to do that. <laughs> I would, I'd hope if it was, I would hope Mark's in Florida enjoying some warm weather and not uh, sitting up here for the snow right now. Yeah, golfing, golfing. It was probably nice for him not to have to be like dealing with uh, national signing day and, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think we've heard from him really since the season started. Why would we? But he has to be enjoying this year off. He did a interview that was posted on YouTube with a priest. You know, he used to be a former um, chaplain with the team and everything. Um, that was three weeks ago I saw it. Uh, but it was not – I wouldn't say it was a very newsworthy uh, overall. I mean, the topics were not like – <laughs> they, were, they weren't befitting, I think, of, a, of creating a news story. I mean, there's a lot of things Mark talking about his faith, talking about mm-hmm. family. Uh, you know, he touched on, obviously, his coaching and things like that. But a lot of it was stuff that had already been said. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and he's been pretty quiet in retirement, and that's not a surprise. I mean, if you've been doing that that long. Uh, uh-oh. And we have some breaking news. It looks like Michigan State Maryland is going to be canceled, according to Adam Rittenberg. Oh, cool! Is it? Um, so yeah, I probably have to go and write this. <laughs> is it? Is it a Spartans thing, or does it I, say can't COVID issues with the Terrapins? I heard about some rumors about this, but uh, oh. R.I.P. Um, State. I haven't heard comments. anything, so I got to. Uh, Got to go write this. All right. Well, we're, we're about done anyways. Well, so I was going to ask you for a prediction for the game. My prediction is 0-0. Zero, zero. Ha, I win. Uh, RIP state script helmets. I'll just say that. Well, I'm glad we just spent uh, 15 minutes talking about the game. Anyways, 
Breaking news here on the Spartan Confidential Podcast. There is no game. Um, so uh, thanks, Kyle. Yes, we did just record a Maryland preview and the game got canceled. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for the episode here. Late breaking news, but we did get a lot of good signing day stuff in there. So I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Matt, uh, appreciate your insight. Uh, I'll, I'll log off here so you can uh, go write the breaking news here. Um, but yeah, no Maryland-Michigan State game, according to uh, Adam Rittenberg. But uh, We'll be back uh, next week, probably talk more basketball, maybe wrap up the football season. Uh, again, please like, rate, and review this podcast, um, and follow us all on MLive.com. Look for Matt's story on the breaking news here. Um, but until next time, thanks for listening, and go Green.